I don't know if I could take on the ogre vote. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be worth seeing. <laughs> Scott's back with throw out. Oh, man. Even though I just signed a PO. Yes. He's trying to be like you. I am. He knows this. What's he doing now? He just I pursed just, up to his desk so he can stand all day. Oh, yeah. You t- talked did you it buy it now? I did, yeah. I you did? It. Yeah. Awesome. It said on it, like Spencer's. Really? Yeah. I quoted the whole song from Jungle Book. I want to be like you, right? I want to be like you. Whenever we're sitting together and reading in church together, Something is happening that is not happening whenever you're at home reading the Bible alone. We're reading it as a corporate unity. It is forming us as the people of God, not simply as a person. Um, God is using that to give us a group identity, a group uh, characteristics. We're being shaped and formed. Um, This is part of your spiritual formation. Discipleship starts on Sunday morning. Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, which is brought to you today by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Our goal together as we sit around the table today and with you at home is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. As Christians, especially as Protestant Christians, as Baptists, we take great pride in the fact that we, as Christians, base everything we believe and do upon the authority of the Scriptures, the Bible. That's where our authority comes from. But I wonder, and it's a good question to ask for all of us to ask, whatever church we go to, whether it's here at MNBC or elsewhere, If someone was to come into our church today and step foot into our building during a worship service, would they see that the Bible is as important to us as we say it is? Whenever we gather to worship our God, is Scripture central or is it an accessory? Today we want to talk together about reading the scriptures in public. We've been doing a, a series on worship, public worship, the worship of God when we gather together and congregate together as a church. And we've been talking about prayer. Um, we've been talking about singing. We've been talking about um, what it is that we're doing whenever we get together as Christians um, to, uh, to, to encourage one another and to worship our God. And today we want to talk about another element of worship, another thing that God has commanded us to do, which is to read the Bible. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, to, till he comes, give attention, devote yourself to reading, to the public reading of God's word. Around the table today with me are Pastor Tim Icoangeli, lead pastor of MNBC, Scott Slater, family pastor here, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at MNBC. So, guys, as we um, dive into this topic, as we begin to think about it, um, I think all of us have been around church life now for some time. Let me ask you this first question as you think about your experience in worship service. What is the longest passage of scripture that you have ever heard read in a church service? Probably the Christmas story. All at one time. Yeah. I think we used to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, my mind went to like different churches than ours. I've heard, uh, I heard Romans one through nine quoted. It was memorized. Hmm. Wow! And the person who was preaching wanted to preach Romans ten and eleven, but he stated, "Before I can do this, you must understand Romans one through nine first. And so then he went on to quote it, uh, which was one of the better sermons I've ever hmm. heard. Which mm-hmm. says something, I think, to what we're talking about. Yeah, man, I think you're. I think you're right. If we're, if we're thinking about here, yeah, I'd say probably like a Christmas Eve service or yeah. something like that, where we take the time to actively read the whole Christmas story, like Luke chapter two. Yeah, yeah, you know, mixing, it, yeah, yeah, mixing some it some together. of Matthew, yeah. Luke, yeah. maybe right. some Old Testament stuff that went with it right. as well. Some apocrypha. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> um, what's been what's been your normal experience, though, Scott? Like, not the longest, but what's been normal? Like, what? How much scripture would you say is normally read? Yeah. So, in my experience, which isn't just here at MBC, right. it was also at my previous church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, and and then before that in Mount Washington, Kentucky. I think probably my normal experience of hearing scripture. Uh, the length of scripture read would be between ten and twenty verses. Okay, probably. That's Were these when uh, guests would come to your church? <laughs> they don't read in Kentucky, do they? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Whoops! Oh. Hey, there's a lot of people from Kentucky around here. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. All right. All right. We accept foreigners. I'm a northerner. No problem. I'm a northerner. Yeah, you <laughs> through and through. You're a brazen Yankee. Gosh. So let's okay. So let's ask ourselves. So ten to twenty verses has been kind of your rough experience in a normal Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, Average. What What does that say about our view of the Bible? Do you think? If we come to church, um, I guess there's no necessarily right or wrong proportion, but does how much scripture we read or how much uh, we use the Bible in our worship, does that say something at some level about how we value the Bible, what we think about it? I think what it says at best is that we assume the Bible. Hmm. Um, that's at best, that we assume people know what the Bible says. Uh, or that they know the context of what the sermon is going to be, or how the songs you're singing relate to the Bible. And so, at best, it's assumed that it's known. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've heard, like, we're a word-driven church, or we're a Bible-driven church. Like, that's pretty common to hear people say that, and we stand we stand on God's Word here, but, <clears throat> yeah, I would echo what Scott said. At least in my experience, what that means, it seems, to people— and even myself uh, at times, was just when the person who gets up to preach preaches, they're going to read from the Bible Mm -hmm. some sort of passage, and they're going to stick to that passage and what the passage says to some extent. Like, it even is pretty liberal, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't know if it ever means for many churches we read a lot of of the Bible here. We are word centered. We're going to let the Bible speak for itself. We're going to do, I don't, I don't, that hasn't been my experience at least of the things that I've come across churches. I've come across personally. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing that like, um, I, you know, I've grown up in Baptist churches my whole life. Um, I I was the son of a Baptist preacher, a Southern Baptist preacher, by the way, originally. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, um, I don't know that, public reading of scripture was ever a central thing. I mean, we did it. 
Um, and no one denied the Bible was important. If you would have asked every single person there, they would have said, yes, we believe the Bible's important, and uh, we think the Bible mm-hmm. should govern everything. Right. But I, I don't know that coming into as a visitor to a church, to the church services, at least the churches I grew up in um, and everything, if you would have actually gotten that, uh, if it was the thing that was, that was front and center. What would you have gotten instead? What do you think they would walk away with, their impression? I, th- I mean, I think they would have thought the Bible was important. Um, I think a, a lot of times, what most of what takes up our services, and I'm, this is, again, I'm not saying the Bible doesn't give us a proportion, saying you got to do 75% this or whatever, but the two things that always take up the most time are preaching and music. Those are the things that, in our present church situation, are the things that demand the most time slots mm-hmm. in our worship. Um, and reading of public scripture usually takes a few minutes. Now, the preacher is preaching from that text, and that's good, but actually just reading the Bible straight up. Um, I think people would say your service is about God. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're singing about God, you, you guys are talking about God, and so this service was was about God, hmm. which should be true, Yeah. Um, yeah. but there's a lot of little g-gods out there that people can be hmm. talking about as well, and that's why it's important to be scriptural and to be there there's a difference between saying we're word driven because mm. we're talking about specific God, the God of of the Bible that that we have. But I, I think that's what people would say is like that's good. service is centered around around God. I mean just very generally. Mm-hmm. So what is when we talk about the public reading of scripture, we believe that is an element in and of itself. Like that is its own thing. We sing, we pray we preach, but we also read the scriptures. Someone gets up there and opens the book, or in the old times, in the ancient times, it would have been unrolling a scroll mm-hmm. to read the sacred text. What is the public reading of scripture? I think <clears throat> I think I can be pretty honest. Just growing up at this church, and you know, this is where I've been my whole life, and been in leadership and all this stuff now. So. Uh, from all my recollection, again, this could be, I could be wrong, but in all my, what I remember, even coming back to join on staff and seeing this when I came back on staff, the reading of God's word was just simply what the pastor did right before he preached. That's, that's what it was. That's what it has been. You might see another verse here or there, but it, to me, in my recollection, again, it was very rare. Yeah. Very rare yeah. for that to happen. Um, and so I think that needs to be laid out before we go into this to answer this, because I think the answer is different. Mm. When you ask what is the public reading of Scripture, I think it needs to be different mm. than just the pastor reading the passage for the morning that right. he's going to be mm. addressing. It's not just a little tag on or a, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying. Like it's, not, it's not like just something, an adjunct to the sermon. It's not like the sermon is the thing and we just throw mm. on Scripture reading. It's its own Right, it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And in my experience, I was I was at one church one time, um, and I never joined this church. But um, one of the things they did was they had a regular, separate time in the worship service where someone would get up and read an extended portion of scripture. And um, I'm trying to remember now. I don't think it necessarily had anything to do with the sermon. It was just they were just continually going through the scripture, and they would mm-hmm. read a, an extended portion. 
yeah. of God's word. Um, and I think that that's, that's important because what we're saying, isn't it, that, that God's word is clear on its own. We still need pastors and teachers, but God's word is clear whenever it's just read. There's a, uh, we believe in the, we call it the perspicuity of scripture, the, the, the fact that scripture is clear by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you don't need to go find some expert. Now, we do have teachers to help make it plainer, and there are difficult parts in Scripture, but the basic message is clear in Scripture. So can I ask a question at this yeah. point? If a church, if the only Scripture that is read in that church, you know, what we just got done saying is that the, what we're talking about is reading Scripture other than the Scripture that's being preached on. What are we using for our... I mean, that's not what I was saying. Oh, okay. I, was, I mean, I think what the pastor reads publicly and then preaches on is part of the public reading mm-hmm. of Scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, traditionally here, from what I remember yeah. in my lifetime here, that was the public reading of Scripture. I just don't sure. think that's all that it should, should be. Does that make sense? Yes. I think, yeah. But yeah, I think there are times when... Yeah, you, like Spencer was saying, when you you trust God to do His His work, and we see that we see that scripturally in the Old Testament. I know um, you think of different when they found the law after hmm. going back, right? And the people were just broken over what they were hearing, and it wasn't because it was being taught; it was just being read. It was being it was being read again. But then you do have to balance that. I think we with with like Philip and the eunuch, and he's mm-hmm. sitting there reading, and he, his response was, yeah. how can I know what this says unless somebody explains it to me, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's it's not 100% wise for us just to say, you know, we're going to do this service, uh, we're going to read for an hour, and then we're going to pray and be dismissed, and we're just going to trust mm-hmm. that God will make this very clear to you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a biblical way to sure. do public reading right. either. I don't think we're <laughs> right. saying that. No. Yeah. yeah, and that's not what... Paul was saying when he wrote to Timothy here, right. when you know Spencer earlier read First uh, Timothy four thirteen, mm-hmm. but uh, that it doesn't end when it says devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. That's not the end of the verse. Mm-hmm. Right. The end of the verse is devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. Right. So these things are all in close proximity to each yeah. other, and so like you said, Tim, just reading Scripture and that be all you do at a service. Yeah, you might be lacking on something a little right. bit there. And I do think there is a sense, though, where we need to trust God to do his work with his word. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he's yeah. given us. And he said, you know, his word tells us that there's power right. in his word and that he speaks through his word and that he will open people's eyes to the truth of his word. And I hope that we all have experience of that around this table. Mm-hmm. I, I know I do. When I really started to commit myself to reading his word to where it wasn't because I was necessarily asking people questions or giving me answers, but God was just showing me things in his word that were truth or even saying, I've always heard this, but I'm seeing this here now. And so now I'm, yeah. I'm seeking and searching and how God would use that in my life. And there needs to be an aspect of that that we trust even within our services, I think. Yeah, I think what we're saying here too is right on, and we'll get this in the future episodes about preaching, that reading and preaching go together. You can't right. have, right. you know, I think, um, like you said, Tim, if we're just reading and we're not preaching, we're not doing the job. Then also, on the other hand, if we're just preaching and we're saying, but I don't have time today to read the Bible, well, then we've also fallen off the other end, haven't we? And they go mm-hmm. they go hand in hand, mm-hmm. hand in hand together. Um, uh, and maybe part of this will be good if we go ahead, if we like start talking about where we see this in the Bible. 
um, mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Like um, we do see this right away in, in Exodus 24. Moses reads the book of the covenant in the hearing of the people. Um, this is, in a sense, the first time we're ever given Scripture. Before that, God had spoken and revealed himself to his people, but it hadn't really been written down and put in writing. And so Moses does that. He reads the book. Then eventually in Deuteronomy 31, we're told that Moses commanded Israel to appear every seven years before the Lord and to read the law in the presence of everyone. And that included men, women, and yes, those little ones, those <laughs> children, and also... The, the sojourners, the strangers, everybody was to come and hear the Bible read. And eventually Joshua did that in Joshua 8. We, uh, Josiah read the book of the covenant to all Israel in Second Kings 23. And then eventually perhaps the, the greatest example of this, I think, is probably from uh, of Nehemiah chapter 8, where Ezra goes there, they build a platform for him to speak from, he reads the text, and then what happens also? There are people there to explain the meaning of the text to the people. Right. So you got reading of the Word of God paired with explaining. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, right. Yeah, explaining, yeah. teaching, making it plain, reading it line by line, paragraph by paragraph, making sure that the people are grasping what the text is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, you see this in Jesus in the synagogue in Luke four. Um, which is, which is, by the way, interesting, and it helps to distinguish the reading of the word from the preaching. It's interesting, they, they highlight that Jesus stood up, grabbed the scroll, read the scroll, rolled it back up, handed it back, but then sits down to assume the teaching place. So there was a distinction between reading the word and then preaching the word when Jesus says, well, the preaching that day was, today this is fulfilled in your presence. Um, so we see that teaching and the reading of God's word go hand in hand. They're, they're, a, they're a, the hand and the glove that go perfect hand in hand together. Um, we can't do one without the other, really. We need both. Um, so from that and just thinking about what are we talking about when we're talking about the public reading of Scripture? We're talking about someone getting up to read the word of God um, publicly um, uh, for for all to hear, mm-hmm. right? To to read aloud and to proclaim from the written word. Sure. I mean, I think there's different aspects of public reading. Uh, we do it a, as a congregation here, so there's that act of reading it as a church body together. But also, um, reading the Bible as a family is is public reading. Or you know, if you gather with some people, even for Bible study, and you spend time reading Scripture out loud for each other to mm-hmm. hear. And to meditate on and to think about, that's also public reading right. of Scripture. So it is different than personal yeah. time of Bible reading, yeah. where you're just uh, reading it in your head or, or whatever, just for your for yourself as you read it. But I think for our all intents and purposes, we're talking about the congregation side yeah. here. Is what right. we're kind of more focused on when it comes to public mm-hmm. reading. And not a set amount either. Uh, we're, not, right. we're not saying that either. Just that it needs to be done, and it needs yeah. to be done, I would say, purposefully. Yeah. Right. Not just just go up there and open your Bible. And right. Whatever you read's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Because um, the other thing, you know, we we all, I guess, a caveat would be we, we've all kind of read an article on this, and so I think our minds are kind of on that article and some things that he he brought out in that article. But just how a lot of times when you pick scripture reading now. It is 
sermon specific. And so maybe your sermon is talking about, you know, uh, how big God is of something in the New Testament. And so then you're trying to find something from the Old Testament mm-hmm. that kind of relates yeah. to that. And so you're pulling that out, maybe a psalm that deals with it. So you're yeah, going to mm-hmm. read some of the psalm. It's all kind of focused on the sermon. And one of the things the article brought out that I thought was a good point is, like, why? Hmm. Is that necessary? Right. Is that is that needed? Because then you're probably skipping a lot of Scripture hmm. that people aren't hearing read. Right. 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 So... Um, I think that's a, a good thought that he had, though, with, with mm-hmm. the public reading of Scripture, of maybe you know purposefully reading through Acts or purposefully yeah. reading through an Old Testament book each week just so you hear it together. Mm. And, and then you're doing it together, right? And so then you're all hearing that. It's not just my personal time in Joshua, but we're all reading Joshua together, and we're reflecting on it throughout the service. And I would guess if we did that, We'd probably be amazed at how often it would come up in the messages yeah, and, yeah. and stuff, just like just like we just read in Joshua. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, so like someone might come up to us and say, um, "I know that this was an important thing that people did in the past. You know, people in the past weren't smart like we are today. Um, they were illiterate. They couldn't read as much. Uh, they didn't have Bibles. But most people today can read, and we have all sorts of Bibles and resources for us today. So we don't need to spend." that much time reading the scriptures publicly, if at all, what would you say to that person? I think I want to, uh, I don't know if correct is the right word to something that you just said. It's not that people were are smarter today and they weren't smart back then. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of it to somebody that might say that would be, uh, doesn't have anything to do with that person's intelligence though literacy was is far greater today than it was centuries ago. It's also access. The other things that's changed is access to resources. Mm-hmm. And so we were just talking about, uh, like when Josiah found mm-hmm. the book of the law in the temple, the reason that it was found is because there wasn't a lot of copies laying around, right. you know, that were widely right. known. This was something that was discovered. Right. And he wanted everybody to hear it. And mm-hmm. What did he do? He didn't say, everybody go get a copy of the law, go to Lifeway, you know, down the road, buy your copy. So what did he have to do? He had to read it. Mm. So to a person that would say that, I would, I, I kind of see some legitimacy to what you're saying in that, uh, that it was just a matter of practicality, that the vast majority of people, if they are going to know what this says, they can't read it for themselves. They're probably not literate. They probably do not have access to their own copy if they are literate. And so if they're going to hear it, they have to hear somebody read it to them. That's a very practical thing. But I would say the other thing that you said in that is that means that it's not that necessary for us to do it today. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that just because we have access to it today and that we are literate today and you have every capability of reading the Bible for yourself, that doesn't mean that not including this in part of our services is not there. Mm -hmm. So in one sense, a person that would say what you read, Spencer, is, is they're making some good points, I think. You know, something, I mean, I think God, in God's word, he commands us to do things that are practical, that make sense. But at the same time, uh, the conclusion to say, well, we have all these things today, so it's not important mm-hmm. anymore. That's the wrong conclusion to draw from that information. Right. I think. I'm probably going to call that person's bluff. Like, let's put our cards on the table. How much did you read this week? Mm-hmm. Right. How many chapters did you knock out? Yep. Right. What did it say? 
What did God do with it? I love the fact that you said the word knockout, by the way. That was, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> how many did your kids read? How many did your wife read? You know, right. How about the acquaintances around you? Are you guys talking about it a lot? I mean, is Scripture just really right. a part of your life? It's something you're thinking about, something that you're devoted to? Because I found in my, in my life personally the struggle with that, and it's my job to study mm-hmm. scriptures. Like I have office time devoted to studying scriptures and praying through those things. And that's still difficult for me. And I'm not perfect. I'm not anything special. I just, I mean, I, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. If you were to, the, the Christians that you have come into contact to over your whole life, it's a huge number. What percentage would you say you believe are actively reading God's word daily. And I mean reading it, not not the you version, the not the you version verse of the day that they read and say, Oh, I'm gonna soak that in today and then they go away. Five percent or less. Think so? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It seems like people realize that as our resources have gone up, biblical literacy has actually gone down. Right. I think um you know it goes back it's, to the- it's interesting to say that too because in in centuries past, yeah. the reading of scriptures had more of a place, right? right. And so that is how they were receiving right. the word, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. practical nature of receiving it. And so, yeah, you're right. Like part of it probably has been as the resource uh, yeah. and ability has gone up, we've taken it away from serving mm-hmm. right. within the service because we'll say, well, people can do that at home. What they can't do at home mm-hmm. is sing and worship. Well, that's not true, by the way. They can. Uh, but they can read the Bible at home. And so you're exactly right. Uh, right. We've kind of taken away, and like I said at the beginning, it's assumed right. that people are doing right. this. But if anything is clear to me mm-hmm. from being in ministry for the short length of time that I have, it's that even within the church, bi- biblical literacy does not exist. People right. don't know their Bibles. Right. They don't know the context. They don't know the history. They don't know the stories, right? Well, and I think also that if you follow the if you follow that to its logical end, I mean, you know, right? Well, we don't need a pastor. We can just pipe in the guy from down the street who's right. really good. Yeah, we don't just, need we don't need we, home. we don't need somebody to lead us in music. We can pipe in the band from the church that we really like or the right. concert we really like. Why not pipe? Well, why even show up then? Sure, right? And I'll just meet at a coffee shop and we'll all watch this on YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I think that. We, it's it's a good reminder that I, I think that um, it also I don't know that we're actually better off. Um, but I mean that'd be our answer to that person. Right. right? He's coming in. That that's their objection. They're right. like, hey, you spent ten minutes reading scripture today. Right. Like ten minutes of our service was reading scripture. Why don't you save that ten minutes and you know do something else? Because we can read at home or at the end of service. Say, hey, right. make sure you read Deuteronomy right. one and you know Romans one today. Right. Our answer would be the problem. They're is, not going to do that. Yeah, the problem <laughs> is the ten minutes of scripture we read in service today is more than you read this week combined. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's the same thing, Mike. When people right. say, "Why do you do announcements?" We have a bulletin. Nobody reads it. Nobody reads a bulletin because even when I announce it, they say, "I didn't know about this." They don't even listen. So I agree. I don't want to do announcements like all that stuff. But it's like. We've just kind of proven we don't read. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So now that would be the first. This argument. person comes up to you now and says, "But Tim, I read my Bible every day mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, and I I know what I'm getting out of it. I can interpret it. Yeah. What in the world am I getting from public reading of Scripture that I can't get in my private? Bible I would reading? say to them, I'd say, so you read your Bible every day. 
And they'd say, yes. And you're falling in love with it. And I, what I have found is as I've been faithful to God's word, I fall in love with it more and more mm-hmm. and more. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. say, then how, how can you be mad we're reading it? Right. <laughs> like, right. you should love that we're reading it. Right. Right. You should right. love that you're hearing it. You should love that the people around mm-hmm. you are hearing it and be praying that they would fall in yeah. love with it right. as well. Right. The guy in Psalm 119 is not saying, I love Bible reading when I'm in private, but when it comes to public reading, please just limit it to the bare minimum because I don't <laughs> right. need it anymore. No, it's my delight. Yes. Read it. Right. Yeah, I want to Read hear me it. the book. Yeah. And also, um, I think we also need to, I think this is helpful. Whenever we're sitting together and reading in church together, Something is happening that is not happening whenever you're at home reading the Bible alone. We're reading it as a corporate unity. It is forming us as the people of God, not simply as a person. Um, God is using that to give us a group identity, a group uh, characteristics. We're being shaped and formed. Um, This is part of your spiritual formation. Discipleship starts on Sunday morning. Yeah. That's yeah, where it, yeah. that's like that is plan A for discipleship for God's church yeah. is you show up and hear the preaching and you hear the reading of God's word because that's where He's promised yeah. to be. Spencer, right? I can't help but like as, as we talk about all these different topics, just how interconnected they are, and what you're talking about, I think it shows people's view of the local church. Yeah, and that we have a very small view of the need of the local church. Like you see people church hopping. You see people, you know, bouncing around doing this and doing that. One of my fears through this pandemic thing is like we've been doing our best to get sermons out and stuff like that. If our church family comes back on June 14th, and let's say there's 450 people in here rearing to go, to be honest, if they haven't listened to all those videos before, Mm -hmm. we're way behind. (laughs) Like we're way behind because... This is where we've been trying to go as a faith family, as a, as a local church, looking mm. at the life of Christ and then how we live. And now we're entering, you know, we're getting ready to enter the Psalms, some of the Psalms together. And it's like, it's almost like we have to get to know each other again. And, and But I just think there's this lack of, of the importance of the local church or even like I've, I've talked to some people who I'm close to during this time. It's like, well, what are you doing on Sundays? Are you listening to your pastor's sermons? No, you know, I'm listening to David Jeremiah. Or I'm listening to this, and I'm listening to this on TV. That's how I'm getting my church. And it's like, so then you've you've let go of your local church. Mm. Yeah, you've gotten rid of your local church during this time. Yeah, but I like listening to. Yeah, but you've submitted under that pastor right. if you're a member there, and so it's important, right? And I think then that goes to what you're what you're saying. If we have a high view of the local church, like God has called me to this church to serve, to be under these pastors, to love them, for them to love me, you know, to care for me spiritually then what we're reading together scripture-wise publicly becomes important together. Right. But I think a lot of people who would hear this podcast or that we wish would hear it would say, I don't really need to do it together. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not their view of scripture mm-hmm. necessarily is low. It's their view of the local church is very low. Well, and I think also there's another tied-in thing to it. And I think that in general, in American evangelicalism, we look down on things that we regard as very ordinary. Mm-hmm. It's just like Jesus, right? He didn't come with pomp and circumstance. He came and laid himself in a manger. He didn't look good, yeah, but he was the savior of the world. And similarly, whenever you show up at a church and it doesn't have all the glitz and the glamour and the sparkle, 
we look at it and then we say, all you've got is the Bible, and you've got this guy who's just going to preach to me the Bible, and you're just going to read it and sing it and pray it. That's all you've got. But that's actually where the treasure is. That's where the, right. that's where right. the goods right. are at. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where the Holy Spirit works. He works through ways that are very ordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he works through water. You know, by, by confirming his promises to us in baptism, he takes bread and he takes the cup and reconfirms them, yeah. his promises to us. He takes these things that are not full of pizzazz. Yeah. Just, he uses very earthy means to remind us of the gospel. In that article you sent us, I wish I could remember the guy's name, maybe you do, and you can tell people in case they wanted to read the article. But he said something along those lines about how a lot of times we don't do public readings of Scripture because we don't trust the ordinary means that God has given us, that he'll use that. And he said, if that's the case, we need to take that a step further. If we don't trust God will use public reading of Scripture, then why do we trust that God will use our pastor? Because there's a lot of better, there's a lot better preachers out there who've wrote books and who record sermons that you can go listen to. So let's Mm -hmm. just get rid of preaching. Let's get rid of the music side of our church because there's people who can do that way better on the music side. So we can just watch them. Like, let's take this farther. But no, that's not how God established it. God has trusted us together, right? Mm -hmm. Locally. Right. Trusting the public readings of scripture, trusting your pastor, God using your pastor who has his flaws and his inabilities, Mm -hmm. but still you know, serving under that pastor and loving them well and the leadership there within the church and serving together. Broken, yes. Perfect, yeah. no, by no means. But all saved by God's grace mm-hmm. together, right? Right, With a calling that God has given you together right. to go. And, and that's what God does. God uses other people to bring the word to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever we... Uh, we're getting a little off topic, but but I mean, but that's tied into all this whole thing, right? That's how God uses it. Mm-hmm. God, you, God brings the word of God to you, not by some crazy dream, not by some crazy experience or feeling. God uses Tim mm-hmm. to bring His word to me. God uses Matt to lead the people in worship mm-hmm. as we're reading and singing scriptural songs. God uses Scott to lead the youth on Bible studies and to bring the word of God to them. Yeah, God is using. Right flawed people, messed up people. It's just like, um, one last example, and then we'll move on. But it's just like when Jesus takes the mud, right, and touches it to the people's eyes, the guy's eye, and he heals him. Why do you use mud and spit? He didn't have to. No. (laughs) But God uses this ordinary clay. He doesn't have to use us, Mm -hmm. but he uses this crazy stuff like us as instruments in his hands. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what God does for us through the public reading of his word, I think, is when we come together locally, he's giving us his word for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For us. And so if I, you know, go to a different church this Sunday, I miss out on what God had prepared for us as a body, Mm -hmm. as a body of Christ. And I, you know, I might even be blessed when I go to that other church. Let's say, you know, you go on vacation and you find a church and go to it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And and God can bless that service in your heart. But I'm just, when we do that regularly, we just, I think we miss out on what God has for us together. And we, we lose that community aspect of, mm-hmm. of what God has done for us in our salvation and putting us together. And, and so I think God uses that public reading, again, for us as a family, walking us through whatever it is. And I think it's interesting how the Holy Spirit would use that differently in each of our lives, maybe in moments that we need it. Yeah. And so I think one of the important aspects of it would be as I'm listening, you know, maybe somebody's reading it. As I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay, God, what do you have for me? I might go away from that reading thinking, yeah, that, was, that was interesting. But the person sitting next to me might be like, 
oh my gosh, like God just pulled something out of that that they mm-hmm. desperately needed to hear. And so I should just be thankful that God is working in the life of my brother or sister, right? right. And so that should right. be my prayer even during these public readings is, yes, God, use it in me, but God, you have this for us today. Right. This isn't just for Tim today. This is for us. all of us. So use it within this body. Maybe it's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, pull me from the depths this morning, right. but pull somebody from the depths, please, or whatever. So... When when God, when the word of God is read, God is speaking, right? Yes. So I don't need to go look for God somewhere, right? I love that passage in Deuteronomy. You don't have to go look in heaven and pull him down. You don't have to go to hell or below the sea to pull him up. Mm-hmm. Whenever the book is opened and that person reads the book, God's voice is being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so important for us to remember. So let's let's head now to to thinking about a bit more practically. How can we as pastors highlight the public reading of Scripture in our worship services? How can we help highlight it, emphasize it? I think um, like in our, in our setting, I think it would be wrong for us to like get up and do 10 minutes of public reading. I think that would just throw people off, right? Um, same way I wouldn't recommend, you know, if... if the church is used to hearing a 20-minute sermon. You shouldn't mm-hmm. go in and do a 50-minute sermon. They're just not, not ready for that, not, mm-hmm. not used to that. But I think we need to get to the point to where reading God's Word together or hearing God's Word read, not just preached, it becomes normal mm. and becomes expected and becomes part of, just like we know when to stand for offering and all these different things, it comes known like we're getting ready to read read God's word together and listen to it. Like, I, I think it's important for us as a staff and those who are organizing the service to not neglect it because the people aren't used to it, but also to not ram it down their throat, right. you know, to make yeah. make it uncomfortable. Right. Um, when we first started, because when I came back, we didn't read scripture in service except for the sermon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it was initiated. I, I remember it being January done. January 2017. I remember being done a little bit with uh, Jason. Really specific. That was very specific. <laughs> I remember Jason doing it some. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, you're right. Because right. me and him would yeah. talk about translations a lot, Yeah, uh, what to use. He uh, would use them as transitions to songs. songs. Yeah, to yeah. songs. We never did like, it'd just be like a quick verse or something to right. go to the next song. Mm-hmm. Uh but I do remember when we first started, maybe it was when Matt said January, whatever, <laughs> how awkward it was. Yeah. Extremely awkward. Like you felt like everybody in the room was like, are, if you are can't we see at Tim's a Catholic face right church? Now, he's, his head, yeah, back, yeah. His, his eyes, eyes are weird. open. <laughs> it's very visual. It was, it was almost like off-putting. Like I, I would think guests even had to feel it. And, well, there was comments afterwards. Oh, was there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be specific, but, you know, like mentions of like, wow, that was very cultish. Yeah. Like, a, you know, a chanting kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how odd it was. I've I mean, experienced the same kind of reaction if you don't just do like a reading of Scripture, but also like a reading in response. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where like, you know, there'll be one person reading most of the passage, but then on certain lines... The, the entire congregation is invited to read. And mm. I think 
for some people that might have backgrounds in different denominations that do make a big practice of doing that, that's that's where their mind goes. Yeah, right. they, right. they yeah. did. They went straight yeah. to the right. Catholic Church. Yeah, right to like, the Catholic Church. Are we becoming yeah. Catholic? And that's a little, <laughs> and that's understandable <laughs> yeah. that they might oh, think absolutely. that, you know. And so, yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. Tim, it takes time, ease into something mm-hmm. like that, disciple people through it, help yeah. them, like, do things like this podcast, help <laughs> them understand why we're doing this. Right. Uh, so, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. Yeah. But, again, I think the way you highlight it is not to neglect it. Right. Um, I don't know yeah. if you need to like play the trumpet before. I mean, I'll say that the, the public reading of scripture will probably be more effective if Spencer is reading it because yeah. his voice is so good. Yeah, he's got that good voice. Yeah. <laughs> we could just play a recording of James Earl Jones or something like that. <laughs> recording it, you know. Well, now you're getting to... <laughs> you just, I know, you I'm just went against the local church, what we just talked I'm about. Sorry, oh my God. We're farming sorry. in. Hire this guy. So, so you're right, though, about re- practice reading the Scripture, right? For as pastors or whoever we ask to read the Scripture... It shouldn't be the first time you're seeing that scripture when yeah. you walk up the stage. Sure. Oh, by the way, could you read, uh, you know, because if you're going to read something from the first 10 chapters of First Chronicles, you're going to have a lot of names. Yeah. And those names are going to be really hard to practice. By the way, I take comfort in the fact that Hebrew, ancient Hebrew is a dead language. So <laughs> just... Just go it. for it. Hey, you just don't do it. worry about it. Just do it. If you don't are worry. confident in how you say the name, People everybody's like, like, that's how you say it. That's oh, how you say it. I've always <laughs> wanted to know. Wow, I didn't know that. How does he do that? Um, and then also, um, I, I got this quote, Alistair Begg. I had heard this, this oh, similar quote. Um, I don't know if it was Dr. Beaky in seminary or whatever, but it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. So sometimes we neglect certain portions of God's Word just because... We favor those, we like those parts, and that's okay, but we should, as a and as a general rule, I think, try to emphasize all parts of God's Word yeah. to the congregation, and as mm-hmm. Christians, it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. Yeah, you know, it's something interesting to think about is those passages of Scripture we quoted earlier, talking about instances of where Scripture is read to the congregation. Yeah. You know, think about the period of time of when that scripture is being read to determine what scripture is being read. Mm. The earliest instances we have of that, what is it that's being read? The book of the covenant right. that Moses wrote. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the first five books of the Bible. Yeah. Those are some of the, the books of the Bible that Brutal. people stay away from <laughs> because there's some really boring sections in there of, you know, of numbers and Leviticus and, Leviticus yeah. and like all these old Testament right, laws right. that we don't think are applicable Yet people would flock together to hear this right. read. And so, um, hmm. yeah, the feeling that some passages aren't as important as others, well, that, that shows not, that's not true. Mm-hmm. How can we properly listen? So if I'm not reading, but I'm, I'm listening to them being read, how can I listen to the public reading of Scripture and benefit more from it? I, I would, go ahead. I would just say it depends a little bit on the format, but... Hmm. I think using the same Bible translation as the hmm. person reading is really yeah, helpful. For sure. That might apply more to when the sermon is being preached than uh, than during like just a, a reading. Hmm. But uh, because if you are reading along, uh, which uh, that might get to like a different podcast on preaching or whatever, but if it's being read and you're trying to follow along in your Bible, there's nothing more distracting than noticing where the different words are. Yeah. And you're not really paying attention to what right. the passage is saying. Right. The you're trying, yeah, you're trying to make sure you're at the right place. Right. And so I think that's just a practical thing that's helpful. Mm-hmm. 
I know, I know for me, you know, gathering together on Sundays from the moment leave your office to the moment the service starts, usually talking to people, mm-hmm. people coming up to you, shaking hands, doing whatever. And so Matt would usually uh, read scripture pretty quickly towards the front end mm-hmm. of the, of the service somewhere. And usually that was when for me, it was just like, okay, it's time to focus Hmm. Yeah. Like I almost had to tell myself that focus. like I need to I need to focus now because I'm not here to greet everybody. Hmm. You know, I'm not here to shake people's hands. We're here now to worship. Hmm. And in a little bit for me anyways, I I need to get up and preach and so I I need I need to I need to hear from God's word. And so let's so for me it's a I have to like purposefully focus hmm. myself on it. What is what's being said here? You know, where is it found? And so mm-hmm. my mind's even going to where is this in Scripture? What's happening in that? Trying to right, think through yeah, all that, yeah, yeah. which maybe people aren't doing all the time. But just, you know, what what does God have for me in, yeah, in this yeah. today? This goes along with what you were saying, but being mindful. Hmm. Uh, you know, connect. I guess connecting the dots is kind of what you were saying. Basically thinking of the context of what mm-hmm. what's being said, uh, trying to understand... Uh, what is being said, like what the, what, what the purpose is of it. Just being mindful of of the text and and, and what's being read. Yeah. Yeah. We don't ever, I think this is fair, we, we haven't done much public reading that was just for that sake. Most of the time Correct. it does usher us into like yeah. the next song, and so there usually is a connection. Yeah. And, you know, for me, even while we're singing that song, I'm still trying to meditate on what we just read mm-hmm. because that's the truth. What we read is the truth, and now we're singing it together. So I'm trying to wrap that all in my mind uh, at mm-hmm. the same time, that there's a purpose why we're singing what we're singing now, and it's because mm. of what we just read. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So that's also usually on my mind in our services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, the the fact that whenever we come to hear the Bible read, we just know that God's speaking to us. Um, we, we need this. I need this. These are the words of life. Mm. Um, and I think if we realize that God is present, He's just as present as He was to the Israelites at Mount Sinai. So here, when the book is opened and it's read, we're standing. It's just as real, more so, um, through Christ our Lord, um, who's who's speaking to yeah. us. We probably take don't when you say. I mean, we probably take prayer for granted, which we've already done that topic mm-hmm. of like what's actually happening when yeah. we pray, entering right. the holy of holies, yeah. Yeah. and then what you just said. We take God's word for granted right. greatly. How we'll flippantly open our phone app, yeah. flippantly just scroll and read a couple things, and then flippantly right. put it down because it says our streak is now twenty five days in a row or whatever on the U version app. <laughs> You know, we got yeah. our streak up. Right. I had a youth asking me that before. Like, What's your streak at? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But that's what they were talking about. Okay. And it's not hard to get your streak it's to like, go. You're talking about dirty underwear? Yeah. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, we uh, – those are the two things I would say. As I'm just sitting here trying to think about it, we really take – we really take that for granted, just like we took gathering together for granted. And I right. think all of us hopefully now are realizing how we right. we took we took advantage of that, and yeah. hopefully we'll be better at that. Yeah. But how we approach God's word and listening to it read mm. in prayer, I would say, are two big ones. There's this uh, verse we'll close with here from Luke eight eighteen. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So it highlights to us the importance of paying attention to what is read 
um, as well as what's preached, but um, whenever the scriptures are read, we need to pay attention and ask God to open our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts to Him and ask that the Holy Spirit would take that and transform us into the likeness of Christ. Well, good. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us and for uh, and, and entering together with us in this discussion, this roundtable discussion. This has been Pastors of the Roundtable. We thank you so much for um, listening and for uh, taking time to uh, um, listen to the podcast. We want to also let you know that I've got some questions uh, for the Q&A uh, stuff that we're hoping to do in the future. If you have any questions, um, uh, that you would like to ask us, that you'd like us to talk about, or maybe topics that you're interested in, anything like that, please um, contact me. My name is Spencer Snow, but you can email me at, um, let's make sure here, snow at mmbconline.org. And I have responded to those emails that I have gotten. <laughs> okay. Good job. So I've, Did I, it take you only five days this time? Hey, hey, quit being mean, man. You're from Kentucky. All right. That's right. I can't even hear you. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, God bless. Take care.